Hello, welcome to the Step by Step Sermon Podcast. I'm Andrew Bird Harris, and I'd like to thank you for listening. You can learn more about this podcast by visiting stepbystepsermons.com. The sermon you are about to listen to is preached at Locust Run United Methodist Church. You can learn more about Locust Run United Methodist Church by visiting their website, locustrunchurch.org. Our second scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in, in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, as we meditate on your word and hear your word proclaimed, open up our hearts, open up our minds, and let us hear what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. Amen. Today we continue our sermon series on forgiving, and we're looking at how patience relates to forgiveness. And as I told you a few weeks ago, I'm, I'm pretty good with patience most of the time, but I've been thinking about lately how sometimes I'm patient in healthy ways, and sometimes I'm patient in unhealthy ways, or unhealthy, not unhealthy, unhealthy ways. And in terms of being patient in healthy ways, that I often can understand where people are coming from. I can put myself in their shoes. And even when I don't agree with what they're doing, even when they hurt me, I usually can appreciate where they're coming from. And I can be patient with folks, even when they annoy me. In fact, I, I kind of have a habit of spending time with people that other people consider annoying. And, 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 and I'm usually pretty good about that, but that's also kind of where the unhealthy patience comes in. So let me give you kind of an example. For several years now, I've been leading a group of United Methodist pastors and laypersons down to Washington, D.C. And we go down to Washington, D.C. to look at big issues in society and how we as faithful people can respond to those issues. Issues like racism, poverty, mass incarceration, human trafficking. And one of the years that I was leading this seminar, uh, a person who I know very well came. He's a pastor. And most of the people were finding him very annoying on the trip. He would just talk and would not stop talking. And he usually talked about himself. And he would always bring the conversation back to him. And we'd move on in terms of our seminar. But he'd come back to what he'd been talking about earlier. And, and it would just drive people crazy. And, and one of the persons on the seminar came up to me and said, you have a lot of patience because he was my roommate and I was spending time with him. And, and I thought, yeah, I do have a lot of patience. 
But what I've noticed with this person, because I do spend a lot of time with him, is that sometimes I blow up at him because I, I have patience in an unhealthy way that I just kind of suppress all my negative emotions and then they just kind of all come out in the most inappropriate ways. And, and so sometimes I'm patient with people for the right reasons and for good reasons, but sometimes I'm impatient or I'm not really all that patient. I'm just suppressing all my rage and my anger and then it comes out all at once. And I worry sometimes that I'm impatient or I'm, I'm patient for the wrong reasons in terms of leadership in the church, that, that I just let things go on and on and on, and I wait and I wait and wait for things to change. And then instead of uh, challenging unhealthy situations because I don't want to deal with conflict or because I, I'm just not sure what to do, I don't do anything, and so I just patiently wait for change, and then nothing ever changes or things get worse. And, and that patience can be a very good thing, but patience can also be a bad thing when, when we allow things that shouldn't be allowed or when we suppress our negative emotions or, or when we don't challenge things that need to be challenged. And, and that's actually, I think, one of the struggles of the church is that sometimes we're patient for all the right reasons and in good ways, that, that I've seen church folks be very loving and patient with each other. We all recognize that we're not perfect, that we get things wrong, that we all usually mean well. And so I've seen just amazing patience that church members have bestowed upon each other. But I've also seen churches with, with, with patience that maybe was not healthy, that instead of challenging things that should have been challenged, and maybe instead of dealing with situations that should have been dealt with, they just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and, and never actually taken any action. And patience is hard for us as individuals as well, that, that we live in a world where people are hard to deal with. We live in a world where we often have to wait. We sometimes really don't know what the future holds, and it can be hard to have patience to see how things are going to unfold. And, and do we act or do we not act? Do we make things better or do we make things worse? And, and, and what should we do in the midst of it all? Patience is hard, but patience clothed in love is what the book of Colossians and the author of Colossians is encouraging us to try. Just to, to give a little bit of context to the book of Colossians, it's a disputed book in the Bible, and what I mean by that is that traditionally, folks understand that the Apostle Paul wrote it, and the reason people believe the Apostle Paul wrote it is because the very beginning of the book of Colossians says, I, Paul, am writing this letter with Timothy. But if you go to a, a seminary, if you go to college and you take a class on the New Testament, they're going to tell you Paul did not write the book of Colossians. If we were in a Bible study, we could debate it. If, <clears throat> if you want to believe Paul wrote it, that's fine. If you don't want to believe Paul wrote it, that's fine. But the person, whether it's Paul or not, is trying to convey what either Paul believed about this or what they thought Paul believed about different subjects. And it's a very fascinating letter. It starts as a normal letter to, in the New Testament starts with an introduction to both who's writing the letter and to the church. It then talks about uh, giving thanks for the church and the people and uh, the giving thanks for the Colossians, as many letters do. And then it, it turns to talking about Christ and, and praise of Christ. And actually, some people think the first part of, of Colossians is a hymn. And, and that gets scholars excited because we have so few hymns that have survived that whenever you see a hymn embedded in a passage of scripture, it's really interesting. How did the early church praise Jesus? What were their words? What songs did they use? We have so few examples, and, and, and we think we have one here in the book of Colossians. Once you get past the part about praising Jesus and what Jesus has done and talking about what Jesus has done, the author has a lot of things the author thinks we should do or not do. It has a lot of exhortations to not do this or to do that. And, and, and that's kind of where we find our lesson today, in the midst of all this advice of what we should do and not do. And, and, and the author uses, in today's lesson, this very interesting image of clothing. 
And not just like the clothing that we wear, but the clothing that we wear that, that express who we are in the world. And the author encourages the Colossians as God's people, beloved by God, to clothe themselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with meekness, and with patience. And I love the idea that just as we can tell someone's wearing clothes, uh, we could tell someone's compassionate, or someone is meek, or someone is patient. Like, if you could embody that in the world, people would see a difference in us and, and see Jesus in us. And I think the reason that the author is telling them they need to come clothe themselves with these things is because churches have fights. People get mad at each other. And, and sometimes people get in situations where the church is not at peace and unity. So he encourages them to be patient with each other and to forgive each other. That when they're fighting, when there's conflict, to forgive each other because Jesus has forgiven them. And then after encouraging them to forgive each other, he, he, he goes back to this clothing imagery and says, you need to, to clothe yourself most of all in love. And that when you do that, love binds us in perfect harmony. And the authors then get into the point that, that as Christians and as a church, we should be in harmony with each other. We should be at peace with each other. In fact, the peace of Christ should rule in our hearts. And that for us to be the members of the body of Christ, we're called to live in peace with one another. And for us to do that, you have to go back. We need to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and love. And forgive each other when we are fighting with each other. The author then tells them they should be thankful. And that they should let the, the, that the word of Christ dwell richly in them. And that they should teach each other and counsel each other from this wisdom that comes from the word of Christ being in them. He encourages them to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And then he finishes today's passage by saying, whatever they do, in word or in deed, that they should do everything in the name of Jesus. And that is a pretty powerful standard, that if we did everything in the name of Jesus, if every word we said was in the name of Jesus, and we took that seriously, we'd probably be speaking differently, and we'd be living differently. This is a very powerful passage of Scripture in a very few verses. I could probably spend all day preaching on this, because there's so many different things that are going on in here. However, you probably don't want to be here all day. So what I want to focus on is the idea of clothing ourselves with patience and forgiving each other and clothing ourselves in love. That I think part of how we forgive each other and be in places where we can forgive each other is having patience with each other in an attitude of love, because you can have unhealthy patience, but healthy patience comes from love. And that when we have a, a position or posture of healthy patience, it helps us create space where we can forgive each other. And I want to talk more about this word posture in a little bit. But let me give you the main point of this sermon. A posture of love and patience helps with forgiveness. Now, you might be wondering, well, what, 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 why am I talking about posture? Or you might have looked at the bulletin and look at the, looked at the child. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but the statue has the child putting books on their head. And you might have watched old movies or maybe read books about uh, finishing schools where people had to have perfect posture. Little girls had to have perfect posture. So they had to walk with the books on their head and the books couldn't fall. And, and I've been thinking a lot about postures versus positions. That I think one of the reasons we have trouble being patient with each other and be in love with each other, both in society and as a church, is because we get so fixated on our positions 
and, and we're not worried about our posture. And, and so what I mean by position is that we, we all have things that we believe are right. We all have beliefs that we believe are wrong. And, and, and a lot of times we get into fights with each other because we believe we're right and someone else is wrong. And so we have these positions that lead to conflict. We have these positions that lead to ill will and bad feelings. But what if we saw the world not in terms of being right or wrong or positions towards each other, but having a posture? And like using that image of clothing ourselves with love and with patience, what if we had a posture of love and patience? And would we fight nearly as much? Or would we fight in the same ways when we disagree with each other if we are more focused on our posture than on our position? And let me kind of talk about it in terms of Jesus. Like, I like to think about Jesus in the Gospels of having a position, of having a posture of welcome. That Jesus would welcome people. And Jesus would welcome the people that no one else wanted to welcome. That he would open his arms, he would embrace, he would love, he would heal, he would reach out to the people that no one else wanted to, 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 to spend time with, to love, to be with. And then you had the good religious folk of his day, and their posture was of crossed arms. They would, did not want to reach out to those people. They would look away, or they would look up, or they would feel like they were better than the other people. And so Jesus has this posture of love and welcome and embrace, and the people of his day that were the good religious folk had a posture of crossed arms and disdain as they looked at the sinners, whereas Jesus was trying to reach out and to love the sinners. And I think as us as Christians, we should be more worried about our postures towards each other and towards the world than we should about our positions. And that when we're worried about our posture, that can make all the difference in the world. But when we're more concerned about our positions, that's where conflict and fighting uh, starts. I think about the Apostle Paul. He talks about hope, faith, and love in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And those are all ways of being in the world. They're postures, having a posture of faith, having a posture of hope, and having a posture of love. And when we can have a posture of love and patience, that helps with forgiveness. Now, I want to talk about this in terms of the church first, because to be fair, the author of Colossians here, he's writing to the church. Church should not be a place where we fight with each other. Church should not be a place where we get into scraps with each other. Church should be a place where the peace of Christ rules in our hearts. But for us to do that, we have to have a posture of patient love with each other. That we're going to get on each other's nerves. That we're going to disagree about things. That we sometimes are going to fight, but we need to be quick to forgive. We need to be quick to be patient with each other. We need to have a posture of love towards each other. And that when we do that, we can live out God's highest aspirations for us as a church. We don't have to agree on everything to be the church. We don't have to even like each other half the time to be a church. But we have to have a posture of love and patience if we want to be able to forgive each other and be the place that God is calling us to be as the church. And when we can do that, when we as a church in the midst of conflict and fighting can have a posture of love and patience with each other, that is a powerful example to the world and a world that is so divided and a world where positions are more important than postures and in a world where everyone's in conflict, when they can see peace, people are going to gravitate towards that. And as individuals, even though this advice is written to the church, I think it applies for us as individuals too, that if we want to have the possibility of forgiveness in our lives, if we want to have situations where we can forgive people, then we need to try to have a posture of patient love towards people because that's what creates the space for forgiveness that it's hard we've been talking about in the sermon series that it's really hard to 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 have forgiveness that's why we started with lament 
that sometimes things are never going to be the way we hope they were, that, that situations are never going to end up the way we were praying that they would, that, that people hurt us really deeply. And so the best we can do sometimes is mourn and lament and cry out why and, and, and turn to God in prayer. And then to have a posture of patient kindness, to pray for that person, to keep the channels of communication open and, and to leave open the possibility of forgiveness instead of having a posture of turning away or having a posture of burning down a bridge instead of trying to say that I could never be in a relationship with that person again, to pray for them, to leave open the lines of communication, to have love and patience towards them, even in the midst of difficulty. And while we might never get exactly what we hoped for, there might be the possibility of forgiveness as we pray and as we're patient. But it's really, really hard because we don't know if they're ever going to say they're sorry. We don't know if they're ever going to ask for forgiveness. And even if they do say they're sorry, they ask for forgiveness. It may not be the way we would have hoped for or the way that we had wanted. And we might never be able to have that relationship with them the way we had dreamed. But if we want the possibility of forgiveness, we need to have love and patience towards people. We need to have a posture of embrace. Instead of writing people off, we need to pray for them. My invitation for us this week in our prayer time is to ask the question, who is someone in my life that needs love and patience, that I need to be lovingly patient towards? Or is there a situation in my life that I need resolution with, that I need to keep praying for and keep acting with love and love towards that person and patience towards that person with the hope that there might be reconciliation? A posture of love and patience helps us with forgiveness. Amen.